0: Welcome to livingpianos.com. I'm Robert Astrid here with a very important subject for you about the why your piano is not protected. Now, what am I talking about here? You know, I've had many videos telling you how to care for your piano with a proper environment, having a damp chaser or lifesaver system, or a humidification or a dehumidifier, protecting it from the sun, servicing on a regular basis, but I'm not talking about any of that today. I'm talking about that your piano, you may think it's insured, but it very well may not be. Now, let me explain. A lot of people have homeowner's insurance and just assume their piano is covered. But if you have the unfortunate circumstance of a flood, a fire, or something of that nature, you may find that without a rider on your insurance policy, you won't be covered. But how do you even get a rider? How do you prove the value of your piano? Can you just show the invoice of what you paid for it? or go to your local piano store and have them tell what it's worth. Unfortunately, those don't work. But we have an expert with us today who's going to go through what it takes to be able to get an official appraisal, which is a legal document. And appraisals have to be done by somebody who is legally liable to the IRS or to uh, banks, to insurance companies. So there's a big deal to this. And fortunately, we've got somebody who's going to tell you all about this. So I'd like to introduce you to you Brian Janey from Allegro Piano Service in Fallbrook, California. Welcome, Brian.
1: Thank you, Robert, so much for allowing me to be on today. This is really, really an incredible thing. And uh, yes, I've been a piano technician for 25 years. I have about 950 clients within 50 miles of Fallbrook. Stay very busy doing four pianos a day, five days a week. And I recently, uh, in 2019, I joined the American Society of Appraisers and uh, went through, uh, wow, almost 200 hours of training with them to be able to do uh, appraisals in an official capacity. And I've had many, many situations where clients have had pianos that have been damaged in fires, in floods, and other circumstances like that. And they were really horrified to realize that uh, their insurance did not appropriately cover the instrument because it was not scheduled on their insurance, app- insurance policy. And you have to have an appraisal done to be able to do that. So it's, uh, it's an important part of piano ownership. And, and just like I so love helping people make music as a piano technician, I want the legacy of that music to continue in the home and ha- not have some calamity stop it up because it's not covered by the insurance and they're not able to replace the piano with one that they had.
0: You know, I've run into a lot of people in that circumstance and it could be a real nightmare Now, there's some misconceptions. A lot of people don't understand the difference between an appraisal and an inspection. Just like when you're buying a home, you have your appraisal, but you also have the inspections. And these are two distinctly different things. And so it is with pianos. Now, the good news is for someone like you who does both piano work and also appraisals, you can assess the condition, which of course enters into the value of a piano. And I also understand that you're able to do this remotely by getting key pictures of the piano. So maybe you can discuss a little bit about these differences and the legal document. I know there's the uh, USPAP, the Uniform Standard of Professional Appraisal that enters into all of this. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the difference between appraisals and inspections and what's really required of someone like yourself to be able to make a document that will hold up in case there's a claim.
1: The thing that's necessary to be, uh, you know, qualified as an appraiser is to go through an array of training. And uh, I found myself being trained by some of the best personal property appraisers in the country when I hooked up with the American Society of Appraisers. And it was a real privilege. Um, It is a very eclectic group of people. Uh, (laughs) And I found out I'm the only one actually in the American Society of Appraisers that has more than a few thousand members that actually does pianos. Um, specifically, so it is a, uh, a very interesting circumstance to be in. You do get an, an extensive amount of training in the Uniform Standards of Professional Appraisal Practice, which is something that applies not only to real estate and you know everything in between, but also to personal property like pianos. And um, you know, it's been a fascinating journey. I've encountered a lot of very interesting people. Folks that uh, appraise both everything from fine art to machinery. And I mean, I even encountered one guy on a, in a class that actually appraised herds of cattle. Uh, so it's a, a real wide array of, of people that you find yourself amongst. But it is a very interesting um, aspect of that, that whole uh, profession. I know um, a lot of
0: people confuse appraisals with the value of the piano because there are so many different values of pianos. If you work, walk into a showroom in a piano store, there's one value. If you look on Craigslist, there's another value. If you wanna trade in a piano, yet another value. The wholesale value is different from the retail. And then a state settlement is another value. So appraisals are a whole separate issue that really satisfy not just these kind of legal disputes and a state settlement and insurance claims but also sometimes people want to donate a piano to a nonprofit and be able to enjoy tax uh, deduction for that and i suppose they also need some sort of official document in order to be able to uh not get in trouble later on with the authorities is that right
1: yes there is a you know it is an appraisal report that actually is submitted with people's taxes whether they're doing something for with an estate, or they're doing something with a tax donation. Where they've, and I've, I've got a couple of circumstances right now with people that's with Steinways. One was donated to a church, another was donated to a college in Pennsylvania, and I'm working on those appraisal reports right now. Um, and I also have, you know, circumstance with people, uh, you know, getting appraisals for insurance purposes as well. Um, so yes, it is a, it is a legal document when you enter into the realm of calling it an appraisal. Um, I kid with colleagues that are piano technicians that if you ever find yourself being asked to put a value on something and the people that are going to use the, the, the information that you're providing are folks that wear suits. You need to make sure that you have an impress- professional <laughs> appraisal done because uh, if it's a, an attorney, an insurance uh, you know adjuster or uh, one of their actuaries or an accountant or something like that they're going to be looking for compliance to the uniform professional you know to to USPAP which is the uniform standards of professional appraisal practice so it is important to make sure that it is done right because that is uh, basically a document that people are using to make financial decisions.
0: Speaking of legal precedent maybe you can tell me and shed some light on the case the 1959 U.S. Court of Appeals, Merchants Insurance versus Lattimore, what was that about? What's the significance of that in regards to appraisals, and how does that enter into this whole equation?
1: You know, the thing with that particular case, and we studied that extensively in my coursework, was the, this particular person um, had an array of artwork in their home. And they decided only to schedule a certain part of it. They didn't schedule all of it. Well, she had a fire in her home. And what ended up happening is uh, the insurance company only, uh, you know, agreed, to what it is they legally set up to do and that's provide coverage and indemnification for the things that were scheduled but she took the insurance company to court to get basically compensation for the rest of the artwork that was also destroyed and the court actually ruled in the insurance company's favor um and that's one of the things that's super important about you know people that have nice pianos i mean even so i mean i've done appraisals even on uh, You know, lesser uprights and so forth like that. I mean, even some of those could, you know, could cost well into the five figures to replace. So it's important to make sure that you do get your piano appraised and that you do inform your insurance company that you have one. Um, Because if you don't tell them about it, you know, the court precedent there basically puts you in a very bad position if something does happen to it.
0: Now you have a unique perspective now that you're trained in this whole appraisal business, but uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the realm of piano work that you do in your, in your business. So that what your realm of understanding is on the, the various components of pianos and how you're uniquely qualified for this, because I assume that there was a lot of thought that went into going into this field and your background as a technician for 25 years, I'm sure entered into it. What sort of things do you do on pianos?
1: Oh my, I, I take care of all kinds of pianos. I mean, I have clients with pianos that are, you know, a little sketchy and a little tough to tune. And then I have also uh, clients with wonderful American, uh, you know, made pianos and, uh, you know, European made pianos. I take care of pianos on a number of stages uh, locally as, uh, and I found myself uh, working for some pretty famous folk um, on occasion when I'm on those stages, which initially was very intimidating, but I I kind of got over that (laughs) and realized (laughs) I'm just one of the guys that's on the stage. I just got a job to do and then I leave. Um, I kid everybody that there's a big local casino that I take care of pianos at for shows and so forth. And it's pretty funny because I actually walk into a casino and I actually always make money. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, you know, kind of it's a neat gig. And I do. It is such a beautiful thing to be in people's homes and be able to help them make music. Um, That is just uh, one of the things that I just think is I I think there's so many people that uh, probably would enjoy this trade. Um, and there is actually a need for more and more piano technicians. I mean, there's been a half dozen guys in my local neck of the woods that have all retired or moved away and left local, left large clienteles, um, which is probably one of the reasons why it's uh, a little tough right now to get an appointment with me because I'm booked up quite a ways in advance.
0: I can tell you when we first moved to Cleveland a couple of years ago, being able to get a team of piano technicians here was an arduous task, Uh, It took us a while because everybody was booked up months in advance. It's an actually a great field to go into. You can, you can, you can move pretty much anywhere. It seems like there's a, there's a dearth of, of qualified piano technicians and even the piano technicians who are subpar seem to be busy. (laughs) So even if you're starting out, it's a great field because there's a lot of people who are aging out of this profession. So you got a great website. I know you got a couple of websites, but the pianoappraiser.com. Is that uh, what people should check out to find out more that's, about? Yeah.
1: For the realm of piano appraisal, yes, that's the one to go to. and
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, there's basically, if you go to that website and you click the uh, contact me form, um, basically it'll take you to a place where you basically put in your information, what kind of piano you have, what sort of appraisal work that it is that you're interested in talking about. And I'll, I'll be in touch with you. It is fantastic. a fantastic. Uh,
0: and for people who are in the southern california area around fallbrook uh your website for piano work is what
1: uh schedule my keys actually that's the easiest one to remember um you can go beautiful. Brandon, right to my website and uh it is a yeah it's it, i i service northern san diego county as well as southwest riverside temecula valley area
0: beautiful you're right in the that nook over there i remember it well
1: Yes. And, uh, you've
0: been a, a, a real godsend for us, for all the pianos we've sold in that region over the years. And um, I'm just so glad you were able to join us because this is a really important topic. And a lot of people never give much thought to this. You know, people spend uh, thousands of dollars on a piano and assume it's covered. But this is something that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are going to check with their insurance agents and uh, contact you or someone at least to be able to get their piano appraised. Uh, to make sure it's covered in the, you know, the unfortunate possibility that something happens to it. So I want to thank you again for joining us. It's been a real pleasure, Brian, and I'm sure we'll be in touch together. All right.
1: Thank you so very much. And I can, I can do appraisals pretty much anywhere in the country, just based on photographs and so forth. So I look forward to helping anybody that would like to come in contact. And thank you so very much, Robert, for having me on. You
0: got it. And thanks, everybody, for joining me again. I'm Robert Estrin here at livingpianos.com, your online piano resource.